good evening, good morrow, and good morning. I hope all you magnanimously fantastic motherfuckers out there are doing well and wonderful. Today, we have an incredibly special guest in the studio, someone who is near and dear to our hearts, the one and the only, Sadie. Welcome. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing? <laughs> always good. <laughs> we got that incense going, the vibes flowing. We are always excited. Thank you for joining, joining us in the studio. Oh, it's always my pleasure. So today, I've got to pick your brain on a few things because in our correspondence back and forth, you know, you've talked a lot about your life and it's very different, very different than what I would have expected. So I'm curious as to why you've chosen this path and likewise, why you continue to do it in light of the success. (laughs) Well, that is a wonderful question. (laughs) Well, what kind of questions outside of that one do you have for me because i'm the type of person who struggles with the broad questions and works better narrowing down okay so when i look at my life i really like convenience and comfort especially with the fact that down the street i have the grocery store i have all of the convenient fast foods and amenities that i want so why do you separate yourself from those things by living so far out in the country Well, um, to be honest, is that I suck with control. (laughs) Um, We all deal with addictions on a certain level. And if you can remove those addictions in the best way that you can, some people can manage them. And uh, I'm honestly not one of them when it comes to certain things. And when it comes to food, that's where I've withheld a lot of my traumas and suppressed them with food. So removing myself as far away as I can from the temptations has better suit me. Fair enough. Distance being the key. So why then, what are the benefits that come from that beyond just separating yourself? Because you don't have to buy bad food. You don't have to make bad choices. It's still beneficial to be close to food in case of an emergency or, you know, close to other people, community, that kind of a thing. Yeah, that makes a good point. But like I said, I struggle with the control and I'm the type of person who doesn't really like being around other people. Very antisocial, so that's another component. Like I really don't like living in the city. I enjoy getting to be in nature where I feel I am called to be. How does that work with as big of a family as you have? Well, considering that I have three children and a husband and then we live on a property with another family which is another mom and a dad and her four kids it can get a little overwhelming at times there's a lot of people and we live in very tiny spaces I mean our house is 470 square feet altogether I think that sounds about right Mm. maybe 600 square feet if you include the lofts and um There's also, they live in their tiny camper, and it's hard to find the time and the space to be away from everybody. Honestly, at night is where I spend most of my time, or during naps, kind of being in my own mindless, I don't know, state. That is just not a lot of space. (laughs) No. Because you said there's, what, 11 people? I guess all together, yeah. And, so you, and then like, all the chickens and dogs and cats that we have, goats. 
Christ. So collectively, the square footage that, that your household takes up, would you say, between the two families you mentioned, what is that? What, what was your question again? What's the total square footage that your family takes up? Um, honestly, if, I mean, if you're looking on the insides together, if you're putting the camper in the tiny house together, it's maybe 800 square feet. No, because there's probably a little bit bigger. Maybe a thousand square feet altogether. That sounds God. about right. Well, that's impressive. I mean, now, you mentioned that you lived with, so that's family. What difficulties come with living in so small of a space with that many bodies? Well, being antisocial does not help with the overstimulation of people. I feel like there's a constant balance that you have to find in just everyday life. And it's a struggle. It really, really is. And I'm one of those extra extroverted people, and extra introverted people, where even just having a friend is a lot. So having this many people all together can be really overwhelming. And the only way to really truly survive is through meditation and breathing. What kind of meditations do you do that that allow you to deal with that much noise? So, the, because what I'm what I'm struggling to picture is because I sit in my studio and if I turn my music up too loud, it's too much. If I if I if I get too many windows open on my my desktop, that's too much. <laughs> so you're talking about the space of my bedroom housing an entire family, and then double that for another family and, and animals. You know, I'm just like, and then being so far away that I I feel like I wouldn't have my comforts. I wouldn't have my creature escapes like fast food or, you know, I don't know. That just, that seems like a really hard way, seems like a really hard way to do it. Oh, it really is. And it, it takes a very certain level of mindset to truly obtain living this type of lifestyle. It's not just you living an everyday life in a nice big house family scattered on top of each other or I guess not on top of each other they're all separated from each other in their own devices in their own worlds to now if you have to remove that and go into a tiny space it's it's very difficult but I've been very fortunate enough to not really have that issue because I mean starting out so young I mean at 20 years old with one child growing and adapting to that lifestyle really did help um, but there was a there was a time in Colorado where I did move and we lived in a relatively really big house and that was nice. That was just renting purposes only until we came back home and it was just to really experience Colorado itself. But uh, that's that's a story for another day. I have so many uh, questions. <laughs> yeah. So what what's been the biggest adaptation you've had to make in order to make that lifestyle work because i see some people are like oh we got rid of all of our stuff we sold off all of our you know some people don't have a lot of anything to do anything with but what i mean if a family of any kind what did you do to have to be able to get into that kind of a space well not like you have to be a minimalist but you do definitely have to take a minimal approach to life itself you know you can't just have a wardrobe full of clothes you don't even wear Every clothing that I have, that any of us have, is very intentional and serves a purpose and it will be worn. 
and if it's not it will be donated in any sense um, we outgrow shoes and that ends up being donated and everything cycles everything in our house cycles through and we don't keep something for a long period of time I really don't know anything in our house that we've had for more than five years what about the sentimental stuff I mean you guys have got to have things that you you carry that don't necessarily have function do you know how much how many pictures I have on my walls how many boxes of knickknacks and you know, shit that I'm being honest, like I haven't opened in, in in eternity, but it's my responsibility. These things have been, you know, this is the, the garbage from my grandparents. It's <laughs> just not been in nonstop. I, I'm, I care a lot about this stuff. I won't lie. It's not that I, you know, I, I, I feel like I have a sense of obligation and responsibility to it. So do you guys just not have those, like, do you not care about things like that? Is it all material goods you're seeking to, you know, not be connected to outside of that? Uh, like the usefulness that you talk to, like everything has a purpose. Some stuff and some stuff that, I, like I can look at my desk right now. There's a bobblehead. There's, but a lot of the stuff doesn't have purpose. You know, it's just there. It's a, it's a part of the environment. What do you guys? How do you fill that space then? If everything has to have a purpose. Well, if something to you, if you feel like you were given something ancestral and it has no purpose and it is not touched, then what is the point of having it? If you incorporate this ancestral thing into your life to have a purpose, to whether it's just something that you look at and cherish every day, um, or you know you do occasionally pull, we do have a small box with with sentimental things that we do hold dear, and in that box is there's pictures of my children's of their drawings, and there's some uh, knickknacks and whatnot, you know, some ornaments from 20 years ago. So I guess that is something that's older than six years, but I mean, it's so, it's such a small amount. We really just kept the things that we knew we were going to appreciate and the things again, that were ancestral, that we just didn't hold the attachment to. We either gave them back to a family member who would appreciate those things or we donated them. Okay, so if we get into the nitty-gritty, right, would you ever recommend somebody else take on this lifestyle? Oh, 100%. We live in such a day and age and in a culture where everything is big and heavy and materialistic, and there is so much pressure to have so much stuff, to be in the middle of the city, to have the, the career that gives you all the money, to have the car that is the bestest, the nicest, and to remove all of that social pressure away from your life is completely euphoric. But I like the pressure. I think I need the pressure. That pressure is the thing that makes me feel like that's why I, you know, I, I've worked harder to, to get where I'm at right now. You know, I'm competing with my friends. I'm competing with my family for these bounds of success. When I'm driving down the street and I see that new car, these are all goals. These are things around me that I'm like, you know, that I'm trying to kind of build up and build towards. Going into a space where I lose all these points of reference, how do I really judge my success well you have to reflect that onto yourself i mean at the end of the day who are you trying to impress yourself or someone else well i, I mean i i dare say it's a little bit of both but i think 
I, I guess I don't understand the way that maybe because I haven't experienced it this this by taking away the stressor of one it takes away the motivation for the other so if I'm not trying to please the people around me well then I'm not going to care so much about the quality of my car no, so long that's as my the car whole does point. you don't want does. to carry you don't want to carry all of this extra weight the whole point is just being grateful for what you have you don't want to constantly want something you don't have because it will never be enough and if you desire to please your friends well that's a joke on you because you're not going to be able to attain them and your true friends are going to just honestly be with you because you're happy not because they like you for your stuff or the things that you've accomplished so what do your relationships look like then as you you make these changes right because i I mean i feel like most of the friends that i have are friends that i have met because we were we we like the same kinds of cars we play the same kinds of games you know we have these kinds of connections how how do your relationships like work now taking on the lifestyle that you have well, you definitely do find the people that you're interested in and they're interested in with you. So finding the same interest does help. Um, however, it's not... I guess I'm a little confused by your question, my bad. Well, how does living the way that you do affect the relationships you have with people? You know, when you're at work, you know why you do things the way that you do because of the relationship you have with these people and how it affects your life. Do you feel like the way you treat other people has changed since you've taken on what seems kind of like isolationist-like habits in your life? Yes, and it kind of... The question kind of gets me because I used to be a person who who used to seek and sought out as many friends as I could have. Um, I would say a person who was like, yeah, I reached a thousand friends on Facebook, but what's the point when you don't really talk to any of them? Or the fact that they only talk to you through Facebook. There's no actual social interaction happening outside of that. And when I started living this lifestyle, I really don't have any true solid friends. You, I realize that the only reason why people come to you or are attracted to you and then this doesn't happen to everybody. You can meet solid people out there, but they're very difficult to find. But is that when you start living for yourself and truly for yourself, those people fade off and on their own. And either one, they'll be inspired to do the same. They'll start living for themselves and you just naturally die in connection just because you find out that the person who they really were weren't that person and vice versa. You know, you find out that that's not that person who you are. And it maybe it was at one point in your life, but you're not there anymore. So you no longer have to create this mask. It's like you get to take off this mask and no longer have to be that person. So to me, that person is I am so comfortable being away from people that I don't have to put on any mask. I'm not any around anybody, hardly ever. And when I'm around family and whatnot, it doesn't affect me anymore. I used to carry so much weight to be this perfect child and now I just kind of show up I get snarky if I get snarky or I get happy if I'm happy and just kind of go with the flow of things and I'm done for the day do you ever regret those moments what moments where you live without the mask or you engage in those things because you say like you're a little bit snarky or you have like do you ever feel like the way that you live impacts other people negatively because maybe you weren't you know well, 
at times I do kind of feel that way, but I know it's more of an egoistic point of view. So when I do have those types of emotions, I really try to catch them and ask myself why I'm feeling these things. And most of the time it just has to do with, um, as a people pleaser, I want to make sure that I'm always in my best attitude, my always, my perfect form. So that way people don't really see me, which is sometimes a crazy manic person who probably needs to be like on bipolar medication. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lord knows we like medication and whatever it takes to be medicated in here. (laughs) It's like, take a deep breath. That's the studio for you. That's kind of like what meditation does. It's a form of medication without actually having to go and buy it. You can do something as simple as put your headphones on and there are youtube is full of guided meditations and that's honestly how i survive so much sanity and i've caught myself not meditating for two weeks and i'm like why am i so frantic why am i so crazy and i realize i haven't been doing any breathing exercises i haven't been taking the necessary steps to take care of me so therefore my brain and my body just kind of goes out of whack so what are then the most important steps if you were to remove the you know the crazy it's good that you did what you did for your life. I'm not doing that. But if I were going to ask you, what's, what have been the most important things you've learned doing this? What would you say those are? Reduce it down to three points for me. Um, basically existing without stress. Okay. Um, not worrying about my, my needs. You know, I have everything that I need. And there are days where some people, they're just, you will, I don't explain it. You feel like you always need more than what you truly have. And now I, I don't feel that way. I, I don't want anything more than I need. So my desires of the wants have really, really, really dissipated. And there's there occasionally I have wants. I mean, who really truly doesn't? But they're not so desirable that I break just thinking about it. I go into mental overexhaustion trying to create this and... Um, when it comes to instant manifestations, it doesn't even come down to the wants. It just comes down to what do I need? And usually I have everything I need. So even just trying to form a manifestation is really difficult because I don't, I don't want or desire anything. So stress-free living, being content with the situation. Well, and the third one is a lot of sleep. My sleep, and the thing is, honestly, it's not even a lot of sleep. I think it's the contentment of my sleep. I used to be the person who would struggle just to get 10 hours a day and felt like I needed more, and now I can sleep for three, six, eight hours a day. It doesn't really matter as long as I am content with the amount of sleep that I got. And it really helps if I don't look at my phone before bed and, and when I wake up because, therefore, I don't have this time. I have this amount of time. I have this amount of time. I have this amount of time. I only slept for this long, and I used to be so bad about it. Like, oh, man, I only got four and a half hours of sleep because my kid kept waking up and I'm exhausted and really when I stopped paying attention to time so maybe outside of sleep it would just be time time does is elusive it doesn't exist so I guess that's four things is sleep and time (laughs) fair enough and I can see how we could blend it with perspectives honestly you know those those feel they, they seem oddly simple but yet somehow out of reach and still this far elusive concept that we'll likely have to have more and more conversations about as we come to the end of our episode say one i want to thank you for your time on the show but likewise what do you want to send off our listeners with 
If you could just do one thing out of any of this is to simply take one moment out of each day and take deep breaths. Do seven inhales and exhales in through your nose and out through your mouth and feel it. Go up into your top of your head all the way down to the root. And when you breathe in and out, all, all of it. And just focus on when you breathe in, it's clean, it's cooling, and when you're breathing out, it's the, it's the hot, it's the negative, it's the everything you want out of your body to be released. And that's what I would, I would really truly suggest doing, just to help with the better day. From her mouth to your ears, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. I hope you have a wonderful, a magical evening. If these words resonated with you, share them. Spread the word. Spread them cheeks. Keep it going. Keep the love moving. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you for joining us. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <gasps>